Welcome to Transcendent. I'm Raya, and I'm the daughter. And I'm Joe, and I'm the dad. So how are you doing on your New Year's resolution so far? Oh, man, it's the 8th already of January, and, well, to tell you the truth, I haven't done really well on my New Year's resolution, and I'll tell you why. Why is that? Because I don't make New Year's (laughs) resolutions. No, I don't either. I haven't done it for years. Yes, but I have in the past. There's been times when I've done... Pretty much the most common one. As soon as the New Year is over, I'm going on a diet. I have done that one. I've also done the I'm going to quit smoking one. That was a long time ago because I quit smoking in 1979. So that's, uh, I guess I did okay on that one. <laughs> if you're keeping a New Year's resolution, we hope you're doing well. I subscribe to a website, and I get information from them almost daily. It's LGBTQ Nation. Probably a lot of people have heard about that. The LGBTQ Nation does a lot, covers a variety of things that are happening in the news, good things and bad things. We're going to talk about a good thing here. In fact, I'm going to read you the opening two paragraphs from their website. They talk about Bucks County, Pennsylvania, and I'll bet a lot of you listeners out there already know where I'm going with this one. This is in the broad-based news for a long time. Bucks County, Pennsylvania has been the ground zero for some of the most bonkers extremist (laughs) battles over book bans and LGBTQ plus policies in local schools. After the voters rejected all the candidates pushed by the right-wing hate group Moms for Liberty and installed a more reasonable school board, it took the new school board members a couple of hours to undo all the hateful policies enacted by the previous board. Many politicians have a trite story to explain why they support the LGBTQ rights. Representative Ro Khanna never needed one. The new board president was sworn into office on a stack of banned books <laughs> instead of a Bible. And she quickly moved to start the sweeping changes. Each time a new member was sworn into office, the packed room was filled with applause and cheers. Outside in the parking lot, people were out there tailgating <laughs> and enjoying it like it was a football game. They were applauding, and all of these things were happening as they were making all of these changes. In two hours, they made a lot of changes. It seemed as though, generally speaking, a major part of the community was very much in support of this whole thing. It was sort of like it was freedom again. I always think of mom with this who got her degree in library science, and I grew up with her always talking about the importance of books and the importance of libraries and the importance of reading. When all of these things started to happen in the culture, she has a button that says, I read banned books. And I always thought that was really funny or inspiring, maybe. When you have an influx of ideas, you can grow. But if you're limited to a certain subset of what you can learn about or what you can know, it really creates an echo chamber. And I don't want an echo chamber. I don't want to be stuck listening or I don't want my kids stuck thinking that there's only one way. You have to think like me. And if you think outside of the box of how I think, you've gone too far afield. 
this previous school board had banned the teachers from using the requested pronouns that some of the students had asked for. They had to use the pronouns that they were expected assigned, to Assigned do. at birth. Yes. Sure. You know, that's interesting because, are you familiar, Dad, with Jordan Peterson? Yes. Do you know that name? So he came to prominence years ago in Canada when they were trying to make the opposite. They said all college professors are going to be required to use somebody's chosen pronoun. And he said, that that is not consistent with my values. You can't force me to say certain things. You can require me not to say certain things, and that's fine. But you can't force me to say something that I don't agree with. You can't make me, if I don't use this right word, that that's wrong. Now, I think that he was really blowing things out of proportion. But it's interesting here that his more conservative viewpoint is completely at odds with what this conservative group was doing, that they were saying, we're not even going to allow you the prerogative of choosing to treat kids the way that they're asking to be treated. It was a free speech issue, basically. They were taking away the yes. teacher's freedom of speech, which is exactly contrary to all of the values that we should be standing for in a liberal society. This group also would not allow the school to produce the musical Rent because it includes queer couples. There was a variety of other things as well, but those were some of the major things that were overturned within two, the first two hours that this school board was around. That's interesting. Rent, I think it was a challenging musical. I enjoyed the music. Have you ever seen it? Yes, I have. But I think... I can see some parents saying, I'm a little concerned about this. Mm -hmm. But I remember also when I was in high school, so this would have been back in the 90s, it was actually just after I graduated, so it was when my sister was still in high school, they did a production called Things I Think About in the Middle of the Night, or Things That Keep Me Up in the Middle of the Night, something like that. Uh, yes, I can't remember the exact title, but you're very close. And it was a series of vignettes where, so I mean, again, so this is, what are we talking, 30 years ago, vignettes where students were thinking about the things that they were challenged with. And even back then, they were talking about some very difficult issues. So now here we are 30 years later and saying, that's a little bit too challenging for our kids. We don't want our kids to be involved in that. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Rent. I think that the music is great, but I can understand some parents being a little concerned about that. It's like mom said tonight at dinner as a librarian. I understand why some people don't want their kids to read something. But if I want my kids to, I don't think that I should be restricted from doing that. If I want my kids to read The Wizard of Oz, I don't see any problem with that. Did you ever hear in one of the places, I don't remember which county it was, but it was one where they set these lists of all the banned books and the things you could be banned for X and Y and Z and all of these things. And one of the parents came and said, you know, there's a book that I want to have banned because it violates every single one of these things that you laid out. We should not have the Bible in, in the school. And they looked at it and they said, Oh, yeah, the Bible does contain a lot of those things. And then they came back and they revised their policy. Oh, interesting. Which goes to show we don't want to limit ideas. What good does that do anybody? You don't protect people by not letting them ever learn about things. 
you protect people by making sure that they learn how to think well. And a lot of times when we're trying to protect our children from something, it's something they need to learn. If we want to protect them from ever being bullied, we're not going to be able to do that. It happens very often to adults. happens all the time. You can't protect yourself from that, and you don't know how to react because everybody's introduced to that sometime in their life. As a, There's a variety of other things like that as well. When the old school board realized they were all voted out and they had a new school board coming in, they had hired a superintendent with no experience. Oh, no. And he... What could go wrong? <laughs> exactly. He was planning on targeting specifically trans students. So they knew that he was going to go. So what did they do? They let him go. They actually asked him to resign. And he resigned. And the former board members gave this guy a $700,000 severance package. Well, you can bet that the new school board unanimously voted to challenge that severance package. And so that was another thing. We're going to do everything they could to make sure that they were on the right track and reward this guy with no experience for all the things he had done. Quite interesting, huh? I'm not very happy with the state of our culture right now and how much division division there is. How much my status as a human being is on trial. They're ignoring my personhood in order to make political points. You're a political pawn. It makes me angry because I don't want somebody to vote for a political candidate because they don't understand who trans people are. And so they they assume in their mind they saw one YouTube video with one particularly non-passing trans woman who got angry in a store one time. Have you seen this video clip? No, but I think it's the one you talked about she, before. She was extremely masculine in her presentation, other than the fact that she had long hair. And it was just a recording of her yelling at the person saying, don't call me, sir, it's ma'am. And just behaving very out of sorts and tipping over displays in the store and just really misbehaving. And you look at this and you think, boy, if that represents trans people, what are these people doing? Yeah. And then that is used to straw man all other transgender people. So if you don't know any transgender people, then all of a sudden it's very easy to turn it into this political talking point. Well, I know what you're talking about, and it's not just something like that. For example, I happen to be a person of faith. There are a lot of people out there that are really doing harm to the entire system because of the things that they do, the things that they say, or the way they react, often violently about something or other. And that doesn't help the situation. It doesn't help their cause. If you remember when we worked in business together, I always said militant anything doesn't work in business. Whatever it is, we had a person who ended up being a competitor of ours and went to one of the conventions that we were at, went to the big dinner and got up there introducing himself 
and was very militant about his issue. And he ended up driving a lot of people over to us, which which was very a nice thing to do. It was wonderful. Militant works when you're trying to stir up your base because you can villainize your opponents and say, look at how terrible they are. And the people that agree with you can say, oh, that's right. But you don't bring unity. You don't win people over. You don't make things better. It's great for getting people out when you're trying to mobilize votes because, unfortunately, hatred motivates people. That's why Facebook is flooded with things that make you mad because they know that when you're angry about something, you engage more. And then the longer you stay on Facebook, the angrier you get. I'm, I'm not on Facebook hardly ever anymore because... I don't want to be angry. Well, the interesting thing is the people that I have been on Facebook with as friends who have been doing that, I just eliminate them. And you have to. When you're coming with a positive mindset, you have to eliminate the negativity that's going to bring you into a state of frustration and, oh, look at what those bad guys are doing. Anytime somebody starts saying, look at what those bad people out there are doing, I would say it's worth questioning that story, no matter who it is that you're talking about. Now, there there are obviously exceptions to that rule, but in general, if you're talking about a major portion of society, you're talking about what those other people out there are doing, anytime you start othering people, you are justifying mistreating them or treating them as somewhat less than. And I would always be opposed to that, whether it's somebody that agrees with me or disagrees with me, because we all have our common shared humanity. I'm a volunteer and I'm a member of a board that has good mission. That board regulates the organization. The organization is uh, involved in doing good work. This is a very recent thing for me. One of the employees in that organization was a toxic personality and influenced a few of the other workers in that organization to think that the directions we were taking were wrong. This toxic person spread a lot of misinformation. A couple people on our board bought into that. That surprised me. Not only did it surprise me that they bought into it, but they kind of went on board with the whole idea. When I looked into that issue, I discovered a lot of the information that they were told was wrong. It was falsified. But could I say that to these people? Could I go to them, these people who now bought into this, they went to the other side, so to speak? If I went to them and said, this is wrong, if this is the real honest truth, they wouldn't believe me. Even though I researched it and I got the answer that was true from a variety of sources, it would make no difference. I'm not going to change their mind. I, there have been studies done that have done that. And what the people will find is they'll go to somebody who believes something And they will provide absolute positive proof why that belief is wrong. 
And they, in every single example that they tried, the people would say, well, yeah, but, and go on to something else. They, they might believe that that information was wrong, but it didn't matter. You would never change their mind. It's a little bit like, which is a good example here for you, as you are well aware, I am a recovering alcoholic. I quit drinking October 6, 1979. I guess I was pretty well dedicated to that idea, <laughs> especially now that it's 2024. But what I learned was a lot of people were trying to get me to quit drinking. doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. You cannot, you cannot convince somebody to quit drinking. They have to decide for themselves. It's the only thing that works. Now, they can say, oh, yeah, that's right. I'll, I'll do that for a while. But then they go back to the way they were because what harm is there in it? Or some other thing. But they will go back to it. They, the only way they're going to be able to solve that problem, that addiction, is to accept for themselves that that's the answer. So only when they can convince themselves will it work. And that's pretty much true about all addictions. There's a place and a time for making political change, and that's very important. I would never want to minimize the need to make political change. Politics matters, and, and the laws that we pass do matter. But here at this podcast, what you and I are talking about and what I am especially concerned about and what you're concerned about is that we maintain our relationships because ultimately in the end, no law that I could get ever, ever get passed is going to matter to me like my relationships are and or to you like our family is going to matter or the people that we care about is going to matter. And so both are important. But if we don't learn how to get along with the people that we disagree with, if we turn everything into a political issue and then we insist on fighting the bad guys until we can crush them and tear down their ideas, we're not going to win that person over and it's not going to produce good relationships. So what do we do? I'll tell you what we need to do. And we've talked about this in a previous podcast a few months ago. See if you can find common ground. It might be something very small, but find common ground if you're involved with somebody that you want to continue to have a positive relationship. There are some things you can talk about that are common ground. For example, you might be cheering for the same football team. That's a common ground. You may have mutual friends. That's a common ground. You may agree on a variety of other things. But find common ground, even if it's one small thing of common ground that you can both be on the same side. It will help to either preserve the relationship or strengthen the relationship. I've been watching the old Star Trek shows, not the old, old, but the next generation from when with I was data. growing up with Data and Captain mm -hmm. Picard. I've been yep. rewatching those. And I just got to the episode called Hollow Pursuits. And in this, they brought a new character in 
that was always, you know, supposed to be on the Enterprise all right along, but you just never saw him. And he was, uh, he was named Barclay. That was his last name. And no one really liked him very much, and he didn't like anyone. So he would go into the holodeck where you could make your own fantasy world. And he made a fantasy world where he had all of the main characters in the cast that he would get into mock battles with, and then he would always win the battle. <laughs> so he would beat Picard and Riker and, you know, in their sword fights or whatever. Jordy, who got along with everyone, you always would see him. And in fact, everyone, the whole point of the show was we're in the future where we've overcome all of these problems and humanity is finally united and things are good. We don't have problems anymore. They wanted to give this idea of a vision of the future where we have everything worked out. But Barclay didn't fit on the staff. And Picard, not really knowing what was going on, said, to Jordy, I want you to make it work. Get along with him. And Jordy said, you have no idea how bad this guy is. <laughs> and they went back and forth. And then even at one point, even Picard found himself disliking this guy. And it was so bad that if you remember Wesley Crusher, the, the young kid on the, on the ship, he started, he nicknamed this guy Broccoli instead of Barclay. But in the end, as they were all coming together, they had a big problem with the ship where it was going to end up destroying the ship as, as one, you know, as happens in a standard Star Trek episode. And they had to learn then how to get along with this guy. And Jordy, and then by extension, some of the other crew recognized that they needed to extend the olive branch to him. Because when he wasn't feeling welcome in places, he was then responding in kind which then created this vicious cycle where, because he was not welcome, he did things to make himself feel less welcome, mm -hmm. which then in turn made people dislike him. And when Jordy actually extended the olive branch and said, hey, I need your input on this thing. And then, of course, as happens in Star Trek episodes, he was the one then that came up with the solution. And then through that, then he learned that he had a place on the team and the team learned to accept him and they moved on. And that is the picture of what we need. It doesn't mean you're, when, even when things are perfect, you're not going to necessarily get along with everyone, but you make the effort to extend that olive branch. And in doing so, you demonstrate to them your humanity by showing them that you respect their humanity. So where are you in this story? Are you the person that has been not accepted by other people. And so you're going to make things worse and you're going to drive another wedge between you. Or are you the person that decides you're going to try to make it work? They're good. You're going to help the issue rather than hurt it. That's really the key in this whole situation. So always in every situation where there's conflicts, ask yourself, where are you? Where are you? Where do you stand in this? What are you trying to do? Are you trying to convince the other person that they're all wrong and you're all right? Are you in the situation where you want to convince the other person that you're never going to be able to get along with them? Or are you in the situation where you're trying to extend an olive branch by beginning to look for common ground? I think that is a much stronger approach. And if it isn't working right now, try it. 
I think that's the best way to approach cultural conflict. And when we do that, we're going to help to bring peace to the world rather than making things worse and creating more war and more tensions and more people who misunderstand one another. This is a new year, and we're looking for additional people out there to help spread the word. So spread the word. If you know someone that should listen to this podcast, send them a link and let them listen. We'll look forward to hearing from you. If you've done anything great, tell us about it. If you didn't make it work, tell us about it. Either way, it's trandesenet at gmail.com. And we'll see you Monday. Oh, yeah. Yeah.